friends at Survivor.com. It's me, Mario. <laughs> you guys, number one. It's Survivor's Friendly Fire Show, episode 196, for the start of April 2022. We're getting dangerously close to episode 200, and we have absolutely no plan as to what to do about it. But that's fine. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Steve Wright, and joining me, as always, is my friend and yours, Ben Salter. Uh, And Ben, it's lovely to see your face kind of like on a computer screen, but it was even better to see it in real life, and we had the chance to do that last week. Yeah, how strange to, like, get on a plane and go somewhere in these days. It's That was probably the most exciting part, to be honest. I left my state. Uh, and then the second most exciting part, I got to see you guys. Uh, so, yeah, we celebrated that you have survived four decades so far, which is... Too well, much. An accomplishment. It's too many, but um, and it's it's like it's been a full week since the the fortieth that I kind of postponed from January, and yeah. uh, my husband works at the hospital, and a lot of his colleagues work at the hospital, and a couple came, and they all had a whole bunch of PCRs, and as far as I can tell, no one got COVID from our little get together, so that's even better. So like, I think the same thing happened about the same time last year with you and your thirtieth. I don't think anybody got sick, which is nice. No, but. Our state went into lockdown just after that, so, but that's the, you know, we don't do lockdowns anymore, it's all over, it's all good, so you get to do things like this. Uh, we were most surprised because Victoria doesn't have masks anymore, like, if you're in South Australia and you get up to go order something or get a drink or something, you've got a mask back on, uh, and so that was kind of a sneak preview for us, because that's, that's what's going to happen here next week, we get to have Easter mask-free, so, uh, yeah, very strange, mm. I can't talk about what I did, but I got to go and, like, hang out at a, a Melbourne-based, like, giant publisher the other day and just, like, catch Ooh. up with people in real life. It was very strange. Like, it's nice and scary all at the same time, um, but hopefully we get the chance to do things like that more often. And just, like, I get to see you more often, which would be nice, because... And we'll travel back. I'm sick sitting at this desk, to be honest. Um, we have so much to talk about, though. So, like, let's get into the, the, the standard things we talk about. And we'll kick off with, uh, this complete 1000 gamer score Elden Lore, Elden Lord, Ooh. uh, player asking, uh, how you are doing, Elden Pleb. Uh, have you been playing Elden Ring? Yeah. Well, I've only put this on the list because, uh, I just want the listener and us to be aware that this podcast has actually inspired someone to play a game. And that someone is me. You talked me into, you and Luke talked me into, I need to give Elden Ring a crack. Uh, and I've previously not really got into any Souls games. The only one I'd really tried is Bloodborne, which I just didn't get at all. Uh, and so I thought, you know what? I'll try this one. It's got a lot of buzz. Um, I've only played about two hours. I haven't actually played it since I last saw you last week. Uh, no time. But I, I'm going to get stuck into it more this weekend. I can, even from that two hours, I can see the appeal. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I've just died a bunch of times. I was that person who walked right past the uh, tutorial for combat at the start. <laughs> so I might even go back and do that because I feel like I need to learn. Uh, but I can kind of get it. Like, even just fighting the plebs is pretty early on. Um, you can, you see yourself improving. So I get that. Um, the, the lack of structure is a little annoying because I'm more of a blast through a game as quick as possible type of person. As much as I'm annoyed by the Ubisoft bloat, uh, I do like that they tell you where to go. 
But having said that, it is very, I can see while some people are comparing it to like Breath of the Wild. It's very, you can go where you want. That's what that game was really. There was no definitive, you have to go here next. Uh, and a lot of games I like are actually like that. So it's it's not as big of a departure as I thought. It's just a time sink. Like you need to, I think I need to commit to it and that's all I'm going to play because otherwise I'll forget where I am um, and I'll kind of lose track of it. So so I think that's it. I've only done the two hours, but I'm going to commit this weekend and um, you've, you've convinced me to at least give it a decent crack. Nice. Well, Matt is working all weekend uh, and I've offered this to him as well. I'm now in New Game Plus, but we can like do co-op things. So if you get stuck on something and you desperately want to get past it, like I'm basically like an Elden Lord. Oh, not basically. I am an Elden Lord, so I can get you past it. I can give you a hand. Um, yeah. I, I think, I still think it's valid and true that if you don't play it for a little while, you'll be like, what, what, where am I? What's going on? But I have not played Tunic in a while and like I've jumped back in and I just have like no idea what's going on. And that is, is similar, I guess, but like there's other games, even like Dishonored or something where you're just like, I haven't played this in so long. I have no idea what's going on. I have no idea how to play it. The good thing about Elden Ring is that because you have to be so involved in, in active exploration and figuring things out, it sends, it tends to stick in your brain more, if that makes sense. Like, so if you come back to it after a while, like, because you have to, like, actually teach yourself how these things work, I think you'll find it easier to jump back in. So that's a, a testament yeah. to it. And it looks like you actually have to use the map. So it's no just go to the big yellow marker. You actually need to think, hang on, here's where I am. Here's where I want to go. You might learn it a little bit better. But I do still think it's one of those games. If I put it down for a few weeks, I will just forget what I'm doing. Like Metroid is a great example of a game that you use the map as well because you need to kind of plan where you've been, where something might be. But if you haven't played that for a couple of weeks, you've got to start again, basically. So, uh, yeah, that's how that's how I am for pretty much every game now. I just lose <laughs> it if I if I don't keep playing. Agreed. Um, you've I don't know how far you've gotten, but yeah, like there's like little things on the map that kind of show you like where to go from one state of grace or sight of grace to the next. And, like, it's useful, but it's also, like, don't fully trust it, I guess. It's probably something that you might have already encountered or you might quickly find out. And that's, you know, I don't think that's too spoilery. No, to a degree, I mean, so for for ages, like, when you first start, you get all these little notes from people. And I think you pretty quickly gather what are the ones left by the devs and what are the ones that are just left by some randoms. Uh, Of course, I left one straight away to see if you get an achievement. You do not. These are hard achievements only. Uh, yeah, and that's kind of thing. I was like, oh, okay, like I kind of get this, but I kind of don't, and I'm kind of just ignoring almost all of them because I just assume they're random nonsense. But I guess some of them are probably actually useful. Some are, and like I don't think I haven't experienced it to the extent that a uh, friend of the show Job did. But like he said, he was basically in one boss and able to beat the boss because if you appraise a message, you get health. And I haven't gotten as much health as from things as he has, but I've put a couple messages down that seem to be quite popular. So, like, if I'm just playing, I just get all this health kind of regen back because people seem to like the stupid things. Um, anyway, that's Elden Ring. We have so much to talk about, we're just going to keep going. I have quickly played a game on Xbox Game Pass called Weird West, um, which is by Raph Colantonio, who uh, his new studio is called Wolfi. Uh, he's X-Arcane. And you've got a lot of uh, ex-Dishonored people to work on this, uh, which is like a Wild West game with a very weird uh, angle to it, which is like the stupidest way to describe it, because that's what it's called. It's called Weird West. But like, imagine almost like Red Dead Redemption Undead Nightmare. It's like, you know, it's a Wild West setting, but oh, there's zombies. And it's the same kind of thing. Like, oh, there's these like witches and there's all this horrible uh, arcane 
supernatural stuff going on. Um, you, it's, it's a top down, uh, very PC friendly, uh, game, I think, um, in that it's, it's insane that there's all these systems that kind of work together to your advantage. So, um, picture like a fallout game where you can crouch and like you know if no one's looking you can steal something off a a shelf as long as no one sees you it doesn't really impact your you know issue uh you can shoot with twin sticks the left stick if you're playing on a controller you know drives you the right stick is kind of where you angle your shot um i still probably after 10 hours 15 hours i do not get shooting on a controller like a a mouse and keyboard would be just like perfect for like lining up your shot but with a controller it's very finicky um but you can like kick a barrel an explosive barrel towards a group of enemies and like shoot it and explodes you can you know like kick over a a, an oil barrel and then throw a, a lantern at it and it'll explode and set people alight there's all these different systems to kind of play with um so there's no right or wrong way to meet an objective and that's kind of like the cool sandboxiness of it all like it's very dishonored there's a million ways to do an objective um which is good uh i I think the top down and the the shooting difficulties kind of are a hindrance i think uh there's some bugs that are kind of annoying and you realize oh it's a small team doing this but you know like they had such lofty ambitions it's hard not to just go like oh like it was it's good, but there's all these things that just keep popping up and getting in my way. Something that continually happens to me is if you go into menus and then unpause, like you just, your controller alignment is just out of whack. And like you, you move up and you go in like a complete weird direction that you're not expecting. And like, you can't fix it. You just have to close out of the game and restart. And then it's good again. It's, it's good, but it's bad at the same time. It's really hard to explain. I get into kind of, mentalities of like, oh, I want to kind of progress the story because you play as five different people and there's like little bits and bobs that you have to kind of explore. Um, and it's fun to just do a quick save and try something out of left field to see how you go. But like, I don't know, like it's, it's not something that's drawing me back. It's kind of like that Ghostwire Tokyo, like it's competent, but it's not, it's not like really demanding my attention. So I don't know. It's, it's on Game Pass, so it's free. If if you want to give it a go, it's on PC Game Pass. If you want to give it a go, probably try PC Game Pass if, if you have that over Xbox just for the controls. Uh, and because I've just also... I was playing it when you were here when everybody was asleep and I'm you know, like a 40-year-old who gets up too early. Uh, I've played Kraken Academy, which is also on Xbox Game Pass. It's like a cool little pixelated oh, yeah. uh, top-down... Adventure where, like, it's, it's done by a studio in Berlin, I think, and published by Fellow Traveler, which is a Melbourne-based publisher. Uh, probably like a six, seven hour, um, game. Super solid, di- like, relatively easy achievements, and it's kind of based on, like, a, uh, not the Ocarina of Time. What's the Zelda with all the time stuff? No, that is Ocarina Majora's of Time. Mask. No, Majora's Mask. Thank you. It's very much in like the, the vein of Majora's Mask. So you're in like a three day time loop and there's all these things you can do. And, you know, like certain things only happen in certain times of the day, uh, or in like certain weather conditions. And, you know, like you're only limited by that loop. So you can set things up. And if you don't quite get things done, you just reloop before the, you know, universe ends and you try again. It's just really compelling and very fun. So, um, again, if you've got Game Pass, it's on PC and Xbox. It's free. Give it a go. If you like it, keep playing. If you hate it, just uninstall it. Like, that's how it works. Mm. Yeah, I'll give it a try. I said I was going to, but I did not. It's very good. I enjoy it. Um, 
Anyway, we have, like, that's all well and good, but I, and I've talked about Game Pass too much, but I guess that's fitting. You've, you've done the show notes this week, Ben, or this fortnight. Yeah. So let's, let's kick it off with your discussion. Obviously, the big news of this period, there's tons of news to talk about, but this big piece is that, uh, the rumors were true. Sony is combining PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now for PlayStation Plus. <laughs> Three yeah. tiers, four tiers, depending on, on, on where you are, I guess. Ben, We've got, the, we've got the fourth in a three-tier system. It's the easiest way to explain that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, essentially, so it is kind of good news for us in that point of view in that we didn't have PlayStation now, and we still don't, but we do get some of the functionality of it through this three-tier system. So uh, essentially, you're getting Essential, which is the same as you get now. You get your online play, and you get your, what do they have, two games a month, something like that? Yeah, three games two a month. or three. Yeah. <clears throat> um, then there's the next one called Extra, which is probably the, the most useful for us because that is a worldwide one, so it's the same in Australia and everywhere else. That gets you about 400 plus PS4 slash 5 games. So uh, very similar to Game Pass really in that regard, except that there's no new releases. It's all older stuff, but a lot of stuff on Game Pass is older stuff too. So a lot of that back catalog is what makes it up. Um, pretty comparable in that sense. Uh, is the that third the one, one that... quickly just before you go on? Is that the one that has the PS3 games that we just won't get because of things no. that we we'll probably get into? No. Okay. Sorry. No. So you can you can that's the middle one, which is as far as I could tell because we don't have Australian pricing. Um, if you pay monthly, that one is the same price as US Game Pass, the middle one. Yeah. But if you pay yearly, you get a massive discount, and so like the top tier becomes like cheaper than Game Pass. So like. Uh, something for Xbox to consider, probably. Uh, the one that has PS3 stuff in it is called Premium. We don't have that. So essentially, you get uh, to download or stream PS1, PS2 classics, uh, or only stream PS3 because the uh, PS5 essentially at this stage can't emulate PS3 games. Too difficult because of the whole cell processor thing. It's not as easy to do as other platforms. Um, Xbox put a lot of money into getting 360 games running on Xbox One and therefore also on Series X and S. Sony instead put their money into um, the streaming because that's what they were doing with PlayStation Now. How that works roughly is essentially when you play a PS3 game, it's actually running on PS3 hardware in Sony's servers. Like it's running on a PS3 essentially and it's streamed to you. There's no easy way for them to just get it to run on your PS5. Rumor has they will, um, or they're looking into doing it, they're considering investing in it, but because they're not going to sell you the games like on um, Xbox, you can choose to to play through Game Pass, or you can actually buy the game, or you can put your old disc in. They're not going to do all that, so I can kind of see why they're thinking it's not worth the investment. We'll see how many people actually take this up first. Yeah. Um, that means that's not available in Australia. So we get a version called Deluxe, which is uh, just without... So it's, it's basically your bacon deluxe instead of your... Is there a premium burger at Hungry Jack's? Can't recall. It's one level below that. Uh, it's just your PS1, PS2 games, which can be downloaded, and it's that previous catalogue of PS4 or 5 games as well. So still a lot of stuff, probably still more than what's on Game Pass. So there's about 450 games in, in Game Pass at the moment. Um, this means there's probably going to be at least 500 games on this service. So Sony do have that above Xbox. They don't have new release stuff, but they have more quantity, uh, partially because they have an extra generation to go back to. But then again, they're skipping PS3. Um, Having tried to stream Xbox games, it's okay. Like, it's a technology that makes you think this does work, but it's it's not a good way to play. I think mm. I've explained it before, trying to play, like, Forza Horizon and streaming just to, to test it. Uh, it's kind of like if someone has, you know, when there's, like, gameplay footage at E3 or something and someone has, like, filmed the TV screen and then you're watching that. 
that's kind of the quality you get plus a bunch of input lag um and so it's kind of like this does work but it's it's not a great way to play so yeah um i'm not disappointed to miss the ps3 games because it's it's not going to be a good way to play them well yeah it's there's so much to unpack and like it's and i'm not trying to like is this the one that has this like there are four levels basically of this depending where you are and yeah it's all called PlayStation Plus. At least, you know, at least like when Xbox did something, it was Xbox Game Pass, and they were still live, and it was different. This is just Xbox, or this is just PlayStation Plus. Um, and Essentials, depending on who you you know you talk to, like Essentials might mean like top tier to someone. Like it's essential, you need everything in this, or it's you know like no, it's Essentials. This is your your cloud saving. This is your two games a month. This is your ability to play multiplayer online. Um, yeah. I'd like using yeah. Oh, I forgot to mention there's also PSP games included in that. Um, so yeah, there's some cool PSP games, but that's kind of a, a, an extra edition. Um, I do think Xbox is a little confusing with its naming. We're probably a bit close to it and used to it. In that, I think Xbox Game Pass Ultimate does kind of tell you that's going to be everything. Mm. But if you look at the whole suite, like there's going to be people like, hang on, what's Xbox Live Gold? And then I've got PC Game Pass and I've got Xbox Game Pass, like. If you think about it, it makes sense. In the same way, if you really think about this essential extra deluxe, you can probably figure it out. But I don't think either of them that is that intuitive. There's like there's too many things. Yeah, I was trying to explain. A friend just bought a, a Xbox Series S, and he's like, "Do I need Xbox Live?" I'm like, "Well, you, like, yeah, but you, it, I told you to get Game Pass, so you're probably better off just getting." ultimate because it has this this and this he's like i have no idea what you're talking about and i tried like i sat there with like a yeah. chart if you need a chart to explain something to anyone it's not great so like that's okay that's on that's on everybody um the the fact that jim ryan uh head of playstation is saying you know like we success begets success so like we we have these amazing first party like narrative focused games like uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, like a uh, Last of Us, like a uh, Uncharted. Um, yeah. And the reason they do so well is because we put a whole bunch of money into it and we sell it and you guys buy it at full price. And then we have all this money to like get house marks so they can make Returnal and this, we have this cycle. So we're not putting first party games on this on day one. I like it makes sense, but it's also not very friendly to the consumer. And like, we don't, so there's a lot of stuff that we don't know. We don't know what's going to be in the library. There's all these games that are presumably going to be in the library. And some of them we do know, like there's, you know, the, the likes of PlayStation Now's Mortal Kombat 11 and uh, God of War. And like, we do know some games that we don't know the full list. We also don't know, like when, as an example, if God of War Ragnarok comes out, like when that will potentially come out inside this PlayStation yeah. Plus system. And I don't think Sony's going to tell us because then that goes back to what Jim Ryan was saying. And if, if you know that in six months, Ragnarok's going to be free with your subscription, you just, you know, if you're patient enough, you won't buy Ragnarok for six months because then you just get it. Um, so there's yeah, all these I, kind of things that aren't very consumer friendly. Sorry, Ben, go ahead. I think so that type of thing we, given time, will be able to figure out because you'll see like this, this game came out X months after. Um, so they only announced a couple of games and pretty much the ones they said is like they led with Death Stranding, which is a 2019 game. And then they kind of said God of War, which is 2018. And then they had Spider-Man remastered and, uh, Miles Morales, which is 2020, but kind of 2018 at the same time. Um, so they were like the big new games that they mentioned. I would have thought they would have had Ratchet and Clank as a lead title because that's now over a year old. By the time this launches, that's going to be even further out and that's still not there which makes me think it's going to be like two years before first-party games go on there, which means it's very much old games. Um, 
We don't know if third parties, though, will potentially launch games in there. You wouldn't think so because that will cost only money, but maybe indie games would. Uh, heaps of indie games launch on Game Pass because it's, it's presumably a more lucrative way for them to do it because they're not doing the big numbers at $125 a game that Sony does. Um, yeah, so you're right. There's a lot of stuff we don't know. They're trying to hide that. Um, but I don't, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing, but I'm not sure that it's a good thing either in the sense that we were just talking about about how many streaming services there are for TVs and movies and why we've signed up to which ones and which ones we're going to keep and what we could get rid of. Uh, and it was kind of like the ones you want to keep are the ones that has the thing which is new that you're currently watching, but then you might ditch it. Like Paramount Plus, for example, we might get it briefly to watch Halo, but then it's gone. Like, I, I can't have another one. Um, and that's what Sony's trying to avoid. They don't want you to sign up for one month to play Horizon and then get rid of it. Uh, but then on the flip side, like, how many streaming services do you keep for older stuff that you just want to dip into when you occasionally want to see it? Like, maybe... Maybe that's what something like Disney Plus is good for because it just has so much stuff and it's got, you know, your Simpsons and that type of thing that you can just watch randomly. But, like, there's only so many audiences that are willing to kind of... They're two very different markets. There's the people who want the new stuff only and there's the people who's happy to keep paying for the convenience of old stuff. And it's that second group which Sony is targeting exclusively. Yeah, it, and, like, there's a lot of comparisons right now to, like, PlayStation Plus versus Xbox Game Pass, which I don't think is is a good comparison to be honest because there's like and we and we don't know the the third party situation but like you know i named two games that just came out on console that are day one on game pass like kraken academy and weird west uh like other things like rainbow six uh extraction came out day one on game pass like obviously microsoft's paying for that privilege but if you are a subscriber like good new games day one don't have to do anything just hit download away you go I, I I think that the the PlayStation Plus is more similar to like Play or not PlayStation uh, Nintendo Switch Online, where like it's you get some benefits, but it's really about like that back catalog, um, and that's kind, kind of, of except kind Nintendo is drip feeding one game in like a month, and Sony is like here's five hundred games. Like, well, tr- okay, uh, true. One game is Sony. But I've like I've bought all of the PlayStation Classic Resident Evil games, like PS One um, games that used to work. I think they used to work on PS Three. It's been a while, uh, and like I don't yeah. play them that often. And I have an emulator on PC, so if I really want to jump in, I can. But like that's kind of what annoys me in terms of like back compat. It's more similar to the Nintendo Switch model, where like yes, you've probably oh, bought yeah, these games is. seventeen times, but it doesn't matter. Like you don't own them; you're just renting them from us. I've bought so, these yeah. games on PS Three from PS1, and I'm 100% confident that I won't have the right to just, like, play Resident what? Evil or Resident Evil 2 because I've bought it and it's now playable again. It's like, no, 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 you need to get this subscription service to to access yeah. the stuff you already have purchased from us, which is annoying. Well, they've, they've gone the Nintendo route for that specifically in that it's, yeah, I would agree, it's not backwards compatible at all. Like, it's you can't play the old game you've already purchased, so it's... Yeah. It's old games are being released on it through a different way, which is what Nintendo's done as well. Um, like there is a way to play them, but yeah, it's not backwards compatible. Um, so Xbox came out pretty much straight away and just did a little cheeky jab, saying, "Oh, you know, day one releases like they they it was their moment." If you recall last year when Sony did their like viral clip for eight seconds that kind of said like, "Here's how you share a game," and they just kind of handed <laughs> the game to the other guy when. Xbox had this really confusing thing and they absolutely smashed it. Yeah, uh, not quite that big, but it was. Xbox is a way of just being like new releases. I wonder where they are. Um, similar type of little jab. I think it would have worked much better if they actually had one 
recently released or they had one coming out soon like we have do we have any xbox games with a real date besides starfield which is like miles away november yeah Um, i don't think so yeah so that's the only thing i feel like they kind of needed a game to be coming out in like june or something yeah um because they're kind of like day one releases but we actually don't really have any releases for a long time and wouldn't surprise me if starfield got delayed in the times that we currently live in so that was the only thing that yeah they didn't actually have the uh the goods to back it up yeah, no, it's like it's. I I don't think personally I will go for the PlayStation Plus above Essential because I like maybe I don't know if if they have first party games kind of relatively quickly if they've got like the likes of like an Extraction Day One kind of situation like Game Pass and I can play like Resident Evil Two from the PlayStation One yeah like, maybe but I don't I don't know yet and. Who knows? Who who's to say? Um, yeah, we need to see the catalog, especially of the older games, because that's going to be the new stuff. Um, and then, yeah, what I want to see in terms of content is is from a third party point of view, is it going to be the same stuff that's on Game Pass? So, will there be any value in subscribing to both at the same time? Um, presumably, they're going to have exclusive. You know, Sony's pretty big on saying, "Hey, Square Enix, we want all your games on our service. Don't put them on Game Pass." But there's only so far you can do that. There's only so many big, especially because they're going to want the big AAA games. And they're going to pad it out with some small stuff. But they, they're going to want exclusives on there, but they, they're not going to be able to get 400. Or, you know, and their first party lineup, it's not that big, really. It's maybe of those 400 games, it's what, going to be 30, 40? Uh, so, especially if they're not releasing them for ages. Uh, so, yeah, I, I just can't see subscribing to both all the time being worthwhile because there's going to be so much double up. Like you're probably going to get Witcher 3 in both services in the same way now that you get something that's on Netflix and it's on Stan and it's on Amazon Prime. Uh, and so that's where the not having the new stuff, it's kind of kills you because it's like that's the reason to say subscribe to both because you always know that new stuff is going to come in. Um, but yeah, they have a plan. It's just a matter of will it be worthwhile if you have Game Pass as well. Yeah. If you don't have it and you only have a PlayStation, totally different story. Oh yeah, it's yeah, it's it, and it, it's more if you're if you're more of the nostalgic gamer or you're more focused on what's new and shiny. Yeah, um, and you can do that. You could sign up for a month, just play some PS2 games, and say, you know, I, I got that out of my system. I enjoyed going back, little trip down memory lane. But like, I don't need to play PS2 games for the next three years. Uh, and I think that is what will happen. Like. A lot of people, and a lot of the dialogue was generally for the you know the last gen. There wasn't a lot of backwards comp- compatibility at all, and people were saying, "I don't care about old games. I'm not going to go back and play them." Um, I've found now that it's come to Xbox that I have played quite a few 360 games that I either missed or I wanted to go back to, but not a great deal. Uh, and I pretty much played no original Xbox games. I tried Psychonauts one. They're just too hard to play. Like even Upres to 4K, like they it's just they're they're too dated. And yeah. I kind of feel like that's what's going to happen to PS1 and PS2 games. And then we're not going to have the PS3 games. So in a sense, we're not really getting anything in Australia if you can't handle going back to those old games. And they're fun for like 10 minutes just to see them, but they're they're hard to go back to now. Yeah. Well, like I'll probably get it for a month and and because like, I think there were uh, patents or something about like adding in trophy support for old games. So like if I can play through Resident Evil and Resident Evil 2 or 3 even maybe even Code Veronica, I don't know, and get, like, trophies for it? Like, like, I probably will. Like, who am I kidding? I love those games. And, like, RE2 is probably my favorite game of all time, and if I can play it and get, like, trophies and just, like, live in the nostalgia, like, I, I probably will. But, I'm like, I'm not going to get it 
and play RE2 month after month after month after month. Like, I'll try it the once, and then, like, okay, that's that's it. Um, yeah. But who knows? Anything so else let you me want? ask you this. Yeah. Knowing, knowing what has come out. So if we look at the positives that uh, PlayStation Plus has above Game Pass, which are a few, it's got a bigger library. If you subscribe with an annual plan, you get it, like, way cheaper. Um, is there anything you think Game Pass needs to do to now kind of match this or try to just make sure because like the leader in this in this space, but they're also going to be technically not because PlayStation can say we have 50 million subscribers to Game Pass is 30 million, like, and that's that's a fair comment, even though they're not going to be subscribed to that top tier. Um, so Xbox's investors are not going to care about that. They're going to say, how come we were clearly first and now we're clearly second? Like, uh, they may want to consider. I would think the main one they'd want to do is that that annual plan. They've announced a family plan. Nope. Um, I always used to. They have they not? not. They that's rumored. But anyway, uh, Xbox is rumored. Yeah, they will potentially announce a family plan. Uh, I used to always play for Xbox Gold like yearly, so um, I don't know why they haven't. And Xbox gave us yearly codes for Game Pass Ultimate, like so it can be done. They just have chosen not to do it. Um, I think Sony's offering like it, we don't really do maths on this show, so I'm just going to guess like twenty percent or something off. If you uh, if you pay yearly, I think that's one to consider. Uh, anything else that they could do to kind of to keep up Game Pass? Well, I think that like you, you you got ahead of me. I think the rumored family plan is like a really good start, to be honest. Um, because I'm like I've I think I've paid for my nephews and my dads because I took I took an Xbox dads series. I took an Xbox Series S home because they need like something to play things through and like like and Netflix and stuff. So I'm like, just you keep this one. I've got one in the closet still. Um, and like I signed them up and like I think I'll try to like because I get like a lot of things to redeem and like you know like i don't spend a lot of money on games so i don't feel bad like upping my nephew's subscription for christmas and birthdays and stuff and like i'm like it's my dad i'll do that for my dad too um but if i can just have one plan that i'm already paying for i just like sign him up to it like i've signed him up to like my office 365 account like come on like it's a, that's a no-brainer that's like i've yeah, just I've, that's a 33 percent savings for me really um so that's that's a good thing. I like I don't know if there's much else they could do. Like the games and the the releases are are good from first and third party. It's a little bit um, light on first party, but like everything's really light in terms of games for the rest of this year, to be honest. So like that's not a Microsoft yeah. thing. That's an everybody thing. Um, won't be surprised if Starfield's delayed. I won't be surprised if Ragnarok's delayed. Um, so like, I I think. Everything is good. I, I, maybe it's more like even just communicating to stakeholders, like, you know, like, yes, PlayStation Plus has all of these subscribers, but like Xbox is not just Game Pass. It's also and Live and put this together and here's our number. And so like, it's, I think there's ways to communicate that to people who that kind of stuff matters to. Um, yeah. And you know, like push the push the day one stuff, and like it's it is that there is a drought. That's where I was getting at. There's a drought, but you know, like we're still not really seeing Microsoft's acquisitions come to, yeah, to fruition yet. Yeah, so like that that drought yeah, of games exactly. is not going to always be a thing. Um, so like yeah. I don't know. I think I think there's something in each of these subscriptions, depending on the person and what you're after. Like there's not a there's not a right or a wrong answer. It's you know like which suits you the best. Yeah, I think it's a little disappointing, especially since we're not getting PS3 games. But overall, it's it's a good step forward in that uh, Xbox hasn't had any real competition. Like EA has become, or EA Play has become part of Game Pass, really. 
Ubisoft is not even on consoles. Like they're they're kind of half-assed streaming services, really, or subscription services, really. Um, so to have a genuine competitor is good. Like it's it forces Xbox to think how they can do better and how they can keep improving their service and not just jack up the price for less games, which I'm sure was on the radar if they wanted to to make more money out of this. Um, so they're as you say, they're doing things differently. So it's not like a one-for-one competitor. It's not Xbox, PlayStation going for exactly the same market. But I think they're competing. Like they're both big millions of subscriber services and they're both going to have 400 plus games on their service that you can just come and play. So in that sense, they are competing. They're going about it in a different way. Um, but yeah, definitely competition. And that hopefully um, is ultimately better for us because they both have to try to do better. If If PlayStation Plus doesn't get subscribers because there's no day one games, Jim Ryan did say that they will look at that. It's it's not going to, you know, they've decided now not to do it. If in five years' time that's not the model, it could change. Yeah. I don't think it will, but at least he flagged now. It could change. Like, we're not locked to this. Uh, and in the same way, like, I don't think Xbox is ever going to go back to our day one games are not going to be on here because, like, that's Oh, they thing. can't. Yeah. They'd get dragged through the mud. Yeah. But they, they might get some more older stuff on there. Like they, if they have said backwards compatibility is done, we're not bringing any new games to the service and there's not a great deal they can really bring, but there are a few missing. Well, uh, and if, like they're potentially about to add a whole bunch of Activi- Activision Blizzard stuff and like more Bethesda things. Like there is a more of a back catalog that they will have access to that's not necessarily theirs. But yeah, like they could put, I, I don't, I don't know. This is speculation. They could put, you know, like if I don't know how Activision Blizzard is thinking with PlayStation Plus, but I'm imagining they wouldn't put like the old Spyros and the old Crash on PlayStation Plus because they want you to buy the Reignited Trilogy and whatever the Spyro one was called. Whereas, like, potentially, Microsoft is in the position to say, well, like, we own these. Like, we'll put all the old ones on, you know, backwards compatibilities back in. Here's here's the old... Well, I don't know how that would work because it would they'd be PlayStation games. I don't know. Like, see, I'm spitballing. But, like, there are there are things that, you know, competition is good, like you were saying. And... It will force some of these people to think outside the box potentially, and like, how what's the value add for your subscription service for this period of time? Which is yep, good. That's it. So I'm keen to try it out, but I'm not committed to keeping them both for the long term. Mm. Yeah, we'll see. Like, I'll, I'll keep, I'll keep plus essential for sure. But yeah, maybe maybe dip in my toe into the the. Um, pawn and see what happens like i don't think like i've got 100 down and i'm like hardwired in so like i you know there's those uh xbox game pass quests and occasionally like like with dishonored i had dishonored on the mind because there was a quest for dishonored to kill stealth kill five people and i'm like i don't want to install it so i cloud gamed and and stealth killed five people and like kind of got that little itch back same thing with i think alien isolation was last week and i've reinstalled alien isolation and dishonored because I like dabbled in them with cloud and went Ugh, like cloud's not good enough to actually play it again, but I kind of want to play it again. So I downloaded it again. Um, and I guess like in Australia, we just don't have that option when it comes to PlayStation plus, which kind of sucks and all the P- PS3 games. But I guess like all the good ones that I like are 360 and I could probably get them back and pad if I wanted to. So I'm like not really blocked out of those games. Yeah. Now you mentioned, I'm going to assume we can't stream any games at all. It's download only here. Otherwise, we could get the PS3 games. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like it does, it's available here with Xbox. Like it does work. It is possible that will give us the streaming capability and therefore PS3 games at some point. So well, it could happen. They'd have, that's yeah. a big infrastructure spend. Like the only reason that we can do that in Australia yeah. is because there's like an Azure cloud farm in Sydney, I think. I don't know. I can't remember where. But like this PlayStation doesn't have that. And that's why we don't have now. And that's why we won't get 
the evolution of now, unless Sony spends big, I guess giving Microsoft money potentially, maybe Amazon, and like building up a server, a cloud server farm locally, locally enough that like the lag's not going to kill you. But it's not a great way to play them anyway, so wouldn't really be that worthwhile. Uh, and your your PS One, PS Two games are going to be tiny, so no dramas downloading those at all. Hmm. Well, fingers crossed. Uh, a game that started. We're just, we're skipping into news now. Uh, the a game that started on PlayStation, uh, and I guess I guess of late has had more ties to Xbox because of weird exclusivity deals that have now. Ish. That was a while ago. Yeah, that was yeah. a while ago. Well, I, I, I'm talking about a new Tomb Raider game uh, with the launch of the Unreal Engine Five. Crystal Dynamics said it was uh, in early development of a new Tomb Raider game. Didn't say if it was like a reboot, reboot, or if it's part of the same kind of Camilla Luddington uh, trilogy of, well, it'd be the, a new one in the trilogy, which would no longer make it a trilogy, but you know what I mean. Um, if it was a sequel to Shadow of the Tomb Raider or something completely different. Uh, it kind of also sounds like the death knell for Avengers, I would say, because if Crystal Dynamics is working with the yeah. coalition on the perfect dark game and working on a tomb raider game they're like avengers is pretty much done and gone yeah that's fine by me like it was gone when it launched more or less uh but yeah i'm glad there's more tomb raider especially now that uncharted seems to be done um yeah it's kind of like taken over it's, it's the only option for that and in much the same way that we thought uncharted was done after three then they came out with four you know a little while later and it was probably the best one so um, I think as much as my initial thought was it's going to be a new trilogy, they could continue that story. Like it doesn't have to have to end at Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Would you rather like would you rather the continuation of that story, or would you like something a little bit more like puzzle? Um, like it's they're very action oriented yeah. of late. Would you like something more puzzly? Would you like something more with dinosaurs, like in the original? Like what what would kind of tick the boxes uh, for you? Well, I wouldn't mind if they just went new, let's go again. Like, that that is the thing that I've done, is the, the different generations of Tomb Raider have been different imaginings of it. Like, they're, if you look at, you know, Perky, Polygon, PS1, Lara Croft, very different to the current Lara Croft, and totally different story. Uh, they could do something different again. Like, it doesn't have... That's kind of the thing about a character like that, is you can have different versions of it. Um, and yeah, so I'd be happy with it either way. Like, they had a good thing going... They could try something a bit different again. I yeah, I'd be fine with either, to be honest. I kind of like. There's, it was kind of like this weird thing of like, is it supernatural? Is it not supernatural? Like, I'm kind of sick of that. Like to and fro. Like that's like that's so tired now. If she yeah. just ended up randomly, like that bad Capcom uh, announcement, where like it's the future and it's raining dinosaurs. Like if Lara Croft, Croft sort like just suddenly ended up in a world where it rains dinosaurs like i'd kind of like that a lot to be honest somehow like it would need some tomb raiding element to it but like tomb raider's not always been very gritty and realistic it sometimes gets like insanely weird and i'm a fi- i'm fine with insanely weird yeah she did get a bit too beaten up in the most recent games when she's like <laughs> impaled by a pole and falls down a cliff like it gets her that was like the first um, 10 minutes <laughs> The, the first few like few games when that happened, it was cool, but it kind of was like, we need to outdo it again. We're going to hurt her even more. And it, a bit too much of that. I don't need to hear her screaming again because she's been stabbed by a pole or something like Tone that down. It's cheaper to uh, afford Camilla Luddington when she's not actually acting and instead just screaming just incoherently, I guess. Who knows? Yeah. Um, did you ever play The Return? No, because you have It's not out yet. Did you ever play Secret of Monkey Island and The Secret of Monkey Island 2? I did have the second one on PC in like the mid 90s so that was like that's like a 30 year old game 
Um, and I've got both of them on Xbox through the 360 back and pat, and I've been meaning to at least dabble in one. So maybe this is what will uh, convince me to do it. So, um, so Return of Monkey Island is coming. It was announced, I believe, on April Fool's Day in one country where it was April Fool's Day. So everyone thought that's a joke, like very funny. Because when does a, a sequel come to a 30-year-old game? Like That's a classic April Fool's joke. Yeah. Uh, but no, totally true. Well, which is good. So it's Ron Gilbert and the other creator of Monkey Island, who I... Dave Grossman, I think is his name. That might be right. Um, the actor who played Guybrush Threepwood or something. It's something. That's it. That, yep. Thank you. Um, I've only played it for like 20 minutes. The one game. It's, I'm, I'm, I, I've missed this entirely in my, in my lifetime, my very long lifetime. Uh, he, the guy who was in the third game, which is, I guess, no longer sort of canon because this is a sequel to one and two. So it's kind of like, effectively the new third game i'm not sure how that works anyway the actor of, of the main character is returning for this one uh murray who was in the third one is in the trailer for this new one so i don't know maybe it's like kind of like a reimagining of the third game or something like that um but it's exciting like so i, I really liked um thimbleweed park which is a wrong gilbert game which was out probably like six or five or yeah. six or seven years ago like good point and click like this stupid humor like not juvenile, dumb Borderlands kind of humor, but like just like thoughtful, quirky, witty humor. I'm I'm down to, to give this a go, and probably we'll jump back and play the old games if they're easily accessible, which they seem to be. Yeah, uh, and the last one in games that we don't know anything about, which have been announced recently, is <laughs> Max Payne One and Two are being remade by Remedy and published by Rockstar, therefore financed by Rockstar, which means they're going to have a lot of money behind them. Uh, and the last game, which Rockstar financed, they farmed out to some horrible mobile developer. Uh, this time, they've given it to the original developer. So if you didn't know that, Remedy did make Max Payne 1 and 2. I think 3 was actually made by Rockstar, Rockstar themselves. Yeah. Um, so yeah, very rare that games are remade and also by the original developers. Well, yes, and that's exciting. And in case you didn't know, a bit, bit of trivia for you... Um, Sam Lake, who's the creative head of Remedy, is the face of Max Payne. And if you play like Alan Wake, like he does the face and it's yeah, like Max Payne is connected to the Remedy connected universe through Alan Wake. And I'm kind of like really like I'm excited about Max Payne because that was like that's the game that made bullet time. Like if, if you've seen it yeah. in any other game you've played that has like slow-mo, like the Matrix, basically, um, I'm keen to see because they've added some stuff in the Alan Wake remaster like like more connects better connects this remedy connected universe which is coming because that's like remedy's talking about that like control and Alan Wake are the same thing and all this thing's happening um I'm really keen to see if this is another opportunity to add more of those seeds to the to the mix which like if you're a remedy fan like you're super excited about like just playing the games again in a in a new high def way but also like for the the possibility of like those little extras which is it's tantalizing True. So anyway. we have no idea when that's coming out, but hopefully relatively soon for them to have announced it. Rockstar don't often announce games like that, uh, you know, years out. So normally they're kind of more within the shorter time frame. Although it wasn't really announced, it was just kind of mentioned. Yeah, I have to, like, I'd have to look, man. Remedy is doing so many things. There was, like, Vanguard, and there's all these, like, projects, and I'm like, I used to have this in the back of my head. I couldn't tell you if this is one of the rumored things that we knew that they were doing. They're doing a lot of stuff with Epic Games. I don't think this. I don't think we knew about this in any way. So it's either a well kept secret that's coming soonish, or it's like so far down the track. Yeah. Like who knows? I don't. I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. Mm. 
Uh, and the only other big news is E3 2022 is officially cancelled. So, uh, we well, I was last there in 2019, which is actually the last E3. So, as much as they pretended to continue the last few years, uh, E3 is not what you see online. It's actually a big old convention that you run around. And that hasn't happened since 2019, which, to be fair, it felt like it was dying then, pre-pandemic. There was, like, Sony wasn't there, I think. Was 2K out? Activision might have been out. Yeah. Uh, like there was just so few people there compared to what it was in previous years when it was super busy. Yeah. Uh, and so what happened the last two years is they continued online shows, um, which were loosely linked to E3. It was really just the publishers doing their own thing. And that, <laughs> but they paid the, the the publishers paid the Electronic Software Association, the ESA, for the privilege yeah. of attaching the E3 brand. <laughs> yeah. Hurrah. So I mean, so. The E3 brand does still have something from that point of view, but it's it's watching a, a press conference or a live stream at home. That was never E3, but it's, I mean, that's what I thought E3 was before I'd really gone. Yeah. So it might actually not change that much for the viewer at home. It might just be if, if Xbox and Ubisoft and EA and whoever else decide let's do a stream at some point in the middle of the year around June or July, it might feel very similar. Just that instead of having them all in within two days, they might be within like two weeks or something. And they're under so, that the summer game fest banner, despite it not being summer mm-hmm. in half of the world. But that's fine. Like that's you do. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't like summer game fest coming out being like we're still alive. Like it was very much you know beating them when they're down. Yeah, uh, if, if and like you've no already you've then, already won. Come on, guys. Like years well, ago, I don't know that you have won. Like X- Xbox and, and whoever else can just do their own stream. They don't need you summer game fest. It's, oh, that's yeah. going to be for small little stuff. Uh, and it wasn't great last year. It was it was two games awarded in the sense that it was you know good production values, but it was it was a giant ad. Yeah, that's so. I went to E3 last in 2018, which was the year before you. In case people can't do math and don't know what 2018 and 2019 mean, I don't know why I needed to clarify that so much. Anyway, um, it, like the death knell was already kind of like you, you, you get that the vultures were circling. So I think by then yeah. EA was gone, PlayStation was already gone. I think that was the first year that Microsoft, because they they owned Nokia Theater, they renamed it to Microsoft Theater, so they did all the Xbox stuff adjacent to E3, but not in the LA Convention Center. And E as the ASA decided to, I think that was the first year that it was like very public. I think it was more public when you went yeah. the year after, but like there was all these public. things that were, and like I think the ESA was still trying to charge like millions of dollars for booth space. So it's like, like what is, what is, why am I doing this? Say all the publishers. Um, I think there's a lot to be lost. Like I, I don't think the summer game fest, I don't, I don't, one, I don't think E3 is coming back. Like it's, they had a, a no. physical presence. They or they had a digital presence. Now they've canceled that. I don't think twenty twenty three. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think the summer game fest is a viable alternative either because it's literally just it's it's like the Nintendo Directs of everything. That's like here's the message. Here's Pretty the message cool. coming directly from the publisher. You don't get to touch this. You don't. You just get to see exactly what we've crafted for you. Where and like I know it's very elitist for the public or for the video games journalists to be like, well, I get to go and every you know a year, every second year, and I get to play all these games, and I can tell you if it's buggy and janky or if it's you know like da 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 da. But like at least we had the opportunity to like give it a bit of a stress test and you know talk to people yeah. around it and get a better sense of what's going on to better inform people who are interested about it like oh no god this is awful like ask me about scalebound awful like never okay. try to resurrect scalebound it looked like a hot garbage fire like we we lose that side of things by there not being 
something yeah. like a North American version of Gamescom, I guess. So I, I don't think so. You're not going to lose the announcements; they're still going to come at some point. But you're right. You're going to if you were someone who would go read previews, watch videos about uh, the games that are there. That stuff is not going to exist. Like any hands-off online preview is garbage. Um, like it's too curated. You need you need someone like you say to ask you about a stress test and, and give it a bit of a go. Um, and the preview builds they have, they kind of say this is still early in development, and they're always very small demos. But you at least get a feel for it, uh, and you can you can often see through some of the very curated marketing that was in the announcement trailer if it's not going to be what it looks like, uh, and you miss the the chance to chat to vet to developers. So yeah. Uh, they do so many interviews that often at E3 they let stuff slip, like they've just been doing it day after day, and it's so tiring. And uh, they'll they'll tell you more about the games. So um, E3 is still a bit of a relic in that it used to be all about like the the magazine press, in that you'd play stuff, you'd chat to people, and yeah. then this info wouldn't come out for like a month. And so there was that bit of a lag, and they still kind of run it like that. But stuff would would leak early, and uh, you know it happened to me when I I found out that Link was still a male character. Um, <laughs> From Mr. Aonuma, and because previously someone had run a story saying he's going to be a girl, and he, he kind of clarified to me when I interviewed him the next day that uh, he was joking, and it just got translated weirdly. Um, and then you know all these things go viral straight away because it's you know it's online, and that was like six or seven years ago, so it's even quicker now. Yeah, uh, and that's that's not what E3 was originally made for. Like they they thought you'd have this time lag, and they're still trying to operate under that model. And I think they just yeah they struggled to find how they fit in to the yeah. current climate. Yeah, no, it's like I've met so many people at E3 and like, you know, like even like you and I, it's, it's, it's one thing to be on a Zoom or a Discord video chat and like we're, we're connecting. There's, we're building rapport. You and I have rapport, obviously, but it's like another thing to be sitting in a room with a person. Like there's that you need that connection and it might not pay off immediately, but like, yeah. It might, it might, maybe they're tired and they like, you know, whoops, I shouldn't have said that. And then like, the, you can see the PR people's eyes like go extremely wide. Like, oh shit, what do I got to do? But like, if nothing else, like, it's like, oh, like I met you six months ago and like, you're doing the next round of press. It's like, oh, I do remember you. And like, it's like you, you, that's a shortcut to be able to, you know, like, oh, you know, so like what's changed? Like it, there's all these things that we kind of miss out on when it's just like the, the marketing teams, like this is what we want to present to the world. Um, so I will miss that. Like there are other opportunities at get Gamescom and at, you know, Tokyo game show. And like, I would say PAX Australia, but not really because everything is, it's this, it's, they maybe need to just change PAX Australia to be in June or something even, um, to take advantage of this gap. Yeah. Like everything's already out or coming out in a week. And like, there's, there's nothing for, there's something for a, 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 a player to, to get from PAX obviously. But like in terms of, like a, a journalism slant, like no, not really. Like it's everything's done by then. Um, I'm babbling. Save me, Ben. Yeah. Well, hopefully something comes back. I I don't see. As I said, E E3 was dying long before COVID came along, so it needed to reinvent itself. It was still trying to run that old school model, and there, there's something to be to be liked about that. But then they tried to make it a hybrid thing with your streamers there, and then with your public there, and it was just it none of it meshed together well. So. They needed to reinvent themselves. Having a few years off is probably not the worst thing. Um, sounds like they couldn't figure out what that was. So I know they kind of plant the seed that it might be back next year. Part of me hopes that they pull out a miracle and they get all the publishers back and they come up with a great idea, but I don't think they know what to do. I, no. They tried to make it... Like, Gamescom is totally separate. Like, you've got your kind of your industry side and your public side, and that's why that works. Yeah. Um, 
that wouldn't really work for E3. The the layout of the convention center doesn't really allow that, and I don't think it's at the right time of year for that because like when's Gamecom? Like August, August or something like yeah. that. Just closer, a bit closer to the games when it's like you can. There's still something to report on, but that there's playable builds that the public can play, like and get a decent play out of. Like the ones at E3 are, are not quite up to that scratch yet. So yeah. Uh, yeah, it just I don't it didn't work for all the stuff that I've been saying is like, oh, we need this because of journalism, like the publishers don't care about any of that. So like, if, no. if you go back and say, oh, you know, like, it's been it's been two years now, three years, uh, we'd like for you to give us a million dollars so you can have this booth space and, uh, you know, hire all of these people to man the booth and like just bring all your developers in and pay for all those costs and the hotel costs and the party cost at night like that it all does add up i understand that so like i just can't imagine yeah. any publisher being like so i can craft the message and just deliver it in a very like cost effective way or i can do this like why no one would ever do that it's insane no, but please do it again prefer, i'd love it they much prefer to just give you an announcement trailer and you do your live reaction to oh my god this is the best thing ever then you'd actually play it for a bit and say what you really think of it. So uh, I think the publishers actually like this current situation, but it is not necessarily better for the uh, average gamer. No. Um, still, because this is what we do, Ben, um, uh, if the publishers could just get in touch with each other and space things out so we had decent lead times for all of these crazy announcements, that'd be great. If they could also manage to somehow have some sort of playable builds for local people, that would also be great, but like also... Like I said, no one cares about this. It's fine. That's you just want, getting too much in the nitty gritty. You want little Jimmy to be hyped about the next installment of whatever game you're putting out. Uh, mm. We're almost at an hour, Ben. We, like, we talked about two big things, really. Um, let's finish it off with your favorite segment of all time, this Fortnite in delays. And since right. you spoke to the man himself, I think you should, you know, report upon this uh, predictable yeah. delay. <laughs> I don't think we talked about this last episode, but I was trying to uh, trying to see if we did. Um, but this delay happened post then, so we mustn't have. And that is that Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 has been delayed from its uh, promised 2022 release and is now coming out in 2023. I so, think you'll find, though, that the game is not called The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2. It's called The Sequel. Well, that's not even the title, but we know it as The, the sequel, sequel to The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Yeah, but God. that's too annoying, so I'm not going to say that. It's, it's yeah, two makes it the sequel. Uh, that's been well established. What else are they going to call the, it? It's insane if they don't just call it Breath of the Wild 2. Anyway, sorry. They probably will now. Uh, yeah, they probably will. Uh, not surprising at all, especially if you look at Nintendo's lineup. They've got like another Pokemon. They've got a few other RPGs in there. Like they didn't need it here. Um, and they sure do love a Zelda game at the end and the start of a generation. So it wouldn't surprise me if much like Breath of the Wild 1 was a Wii U and a Switch game, if the next console, if they, they think, I think they said spring or something like the first half of the year, put money on it getting pushed back to the end of the year um, and the new console launching around then too. So quite I, possible. I see your theory. I would like to raise you this theory. Mm. It was planned to be a game for the Switch Pro or whatever we might have expected before the pandemic when a supply chain yes. shortage, you know, potentially caused Nintendo to delay that and instead give us the Switch OLED, which is just a shinier looking version of the same kind of low powered hardware. 
Do you think maybe this is being delayed because we will see a new, fancier, more powerful Switch that might even mean that this sequel won't be on the old Switch because it's so demanding and they want it to be so shiny? Because, like, admittedly, Nintendo is really lagging behind when it comes to, like, fidelity and stuff yeah. now. And now that there's a Steam Deck, like, you, you gotta up your game, Nintendo. What do you think? I think it's a real chance. I, I think if it does go to the next console, it will be cross-gen. I feel like... That's what they've done previously. They'll do it again. Uh, they can make it work. But yeah, I think potentially it was a Switch Pro game. I think the Switch Pro might be dead and they're just going to go to a successor. That's why we got the OLED instead. The sequel um, to like the Nintendo that. Switch. Yeah. The, the <laughs> we don't have a name yet. It's just the sequel to the Nintendo Switch OLED. Uh, yeah, possible. Um, whether that's ready by the holiday season next year, I'm still not sure, but... But yeah, it does, that would add up with this and it'll be quite consistent with Nintendo's previous use of Zelda games. Yeah. And I guess sort of on that note, but not related, is, is this is not a delay, of course, but I think we're starting to see, I don't think it's quite the case for the PS5 yet, but we're starting to see more Xbox Series X's kind of out in the wild and not immediately sold out. I think it's pretty easy to get a Series S at this point in time. I think it's easier to start getting an X, and I think it's still a bit difficult to get a PS5, at least in Australia. Um, but it looks like that's slowly kind of coming right, which is good news if you are struggling to find a, a current-gen console. So, Which is ridiculous. We're like 18 yeah. months into this generation, and we're still talking about that you can't just go buy one, but it is now possible to maybe buy one. Like it's <laughs> Fingers it's crossed. Go look at Walmart. Or, or not Walmart here, but go look at Big W or something. Anyway, uh, the other delay, which is so like a dot point, is uh, Two Point Campus uh, was scheduled for May. Now it is a 9 August game. So that's, I think it's 9 August. I just wrote that down like as if I knew that. We're not a fact-based show. Uh, that's this Fortnite in delays. So it's good that we're getting less delays, but it's also like, I think everything is kind of already delayed. Like we're just, there's a giant gap in things coming out, which is kind of good because there were so many things yeah. in February and March that you probably just have a backlog to turn through anyway. So rejoice in the slow time. I guess I'll just play Elden Ring for the next two months. That's my only option. Do it. Maybe crack an academy. It's good. Yeah, I'll throw I'll it in. It's good. Weird West. See how you go. Um, ben, how do we find you on the internet? I am Ben underscore Salter on Twitter. And yourself. I'm S Wright AU, and we're both writing on Survivor.com. I think by the time this comes out, it'll be the weekend. A couple days after this comes out, there'll be a thing that I've previewed mm. that I wrote because I went to a Melbourne-based publisher. And if you know Australian landscape of where offices are, you might know what it is. I had to limber up before I did it. I think that's enough of a uh, hint. If you yep, look at the been, games you've, coming out this month, anyway, boring. You've been put into a yet another sports game. You were in, <laughs> you were in tennis or something. Uh, that's what I'm hearing. You're in lacrosse or something now. Who that's me? Yeah. Get it? Anyway, <laughs> that's lame. Um, thanks for joining us, Ben. It's always a treat to see you in person or not in person, and I hope I get to see you again soon. As I hope people want to come back and listen to us speak again. That's soon. it. We'll be back in roughly a fortnight ish, unless we're delayed.